Moroni's mission. Moroni's friends and relatives had all been slain, and he was forced to hide to avoid being killed. The only people who remained alive were Lamanites and the few Nephites who had joined them. From secret places, Moroni watched the bloodthirsty Lamanites warring against each other. The whole face of the land was covered with murder and bloodshed. He wrote, Their wars are exceedingly fierce among themselves, and because of their hatred, they put to death every Nephite that will not deny the Christ. And I, Moroni, will not deny the Christ. Wherefore, I wander wherever I can for the safety of mine own life. As the years passed and the ugly wars continued, Moroni was keenly aware of a sacred assignment his father Mormon had given him. Mormon had written on gold plates a short history of the Nephite people from their beginning down to Moroni's day. Before his death, Mormon asked Moroni to complete this history and hide it in the hill Cumorah. He knew these plates would be delivered to another people at a later time. So Moroni began the task of describing the final battles of the Nephites and the Lamanites. He also recorded prophecies concerning the coming forth of the gold plates. He warned all who would read the words to believe in God and to keep his commandments. Many years passed, and Moroni remained in hiding. He read other histories his father had hidden. Among these records were those of the Jaredite people who had lived in America many years before Lehi. Moroni was impressed to write a short account of the Jaredite history and add it to the record of the Nephites. Moroni continued to live in hiding, wandering all over the country to search for safety and to carry out special assignments the Lord gave him. During those years, he remained faithful in all things. He was so righteous that angels ministered unto him, and the Savior appeared to him and talked with him as a man talks with another. It had been 36 long years since the last great battle between the Lamanites and the Nephites. Moroni had been alone all this time. He was tired and old, and knowing his earthly life would soon be over, he felt that it was time to seal up the records. Before sealing the plates, however, 
Moroni wanted those who would someday read them to know how to find out if they were true. So he wrote, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God the Eternal Father in the name of Christ, if these things are not true, and if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Feeling great concern for the safety of the gold plates, Moroni carefully hid them in the hill Camorra in a stone box. He knew that the plates contained sacred messages which would help those who would read them in the latter days. It was a time of spiritual darkness for the people living on the American continent. The Lord's Spirit had ceased blessing them because of their wickedness, and they were without the recorded word of the Lord to direct them. Many prophets had prophesied about this time, but they had also promised that there would be an end to that darkness. They knew that the same records Moroni hid in the hill Camorah would, in the latter days, be delivered to a young man named Joseph, for fourteen centuries, the gold plates lay protected in the hill Camorra. Then, one autumn night in 1823, while Joseph Smith was praying in the quiet of his bedroom, he was visited by an angel whose countenance was like lightning and whose garments were white above all other whiteness. This heavenly messenger was Moroni, the same Moroni who had buried the records. He was now a resurrected being, and the Lord had sent him to prepare Joseph Smith to receive the gold plates. Once a year for four years, Moroni visited Joseph to prepare him to restore the gospel to the earth. Then in September of 1827, Moroni delivered the plates to Joseph Smith, warning him that Satan would do all in his power to destroy the sacred records. It was Joseph Smith's responsibility to translate the records into English. With the aid of the Urim and Thummim, and through the inspiration of the Lord, he was able to accomplish this task. When he had finished, he returned the plates to Moroni. Moroni's mission in helping bring forth the Book of Mormon was completed.
the brother of Jared sees the Lord. As the Tower of Babel rose higher and higher, the people grew more and more wicked, and the Lord became displeased. He decided to stop their evil by confusing their language and scattering them upon the face of all the earth. Jared and his brother were righteous men who lived near the great tower. They did not want their families to be separated, so the brother of Jared, who was a large and mighty man, prayed to the Lord. He pleaded that the language of their families and their close friends might not be confused, and the Lord granted his request. Then the brother of Jared prayed again, asking if the Lord wanted them to leave their homes, and if so, where they should go. The Lord instructed the brother of Jared to gather his family, Jared's family, and the families of their friends, and to lead them northward to a valley called Nimrod. The people gathered animals of every kind, both male and female, to take with them. They set traps to catch birds, and even prepared a vessel in which to carry fish. They took swarms of honeybees, known as Deseret, and seeds of every kind. Then they left their homes and traveled until they reached the valley of Nimrod. There the Lord spoke to the brother of Jared out of a cloud, giving him further directions. Led by the Lord, the group struggled through the wilderness and crossed many bodies of water. The Lord promised the brother of Jared that his people would be led to a land of promise, a land that was choice above all other lands. But the Lord warned him that whoever possessed the promised land must worship Jesus Christ or be destroyed. When the Jaredites reached the great sea, they pitched their tents, happy to be able to rest from their travels. They settled there so comfortably, however, that they forgot to call upon the Lord for further guidance. One day, after they had lived by the seashore for four years, the Lord once again spoke from a cloud to the brother of Jared. The Lord chastised him because he had not remembered to pray. The brother of Jared felt terrible. Filled with anguish, he begged the Lord for forgiveness. I will forgive thee and thy brethren of their sins, answered the Lord, but thou shalt not sin any more. The Lord then instructed the brother of Jared to build barges in which his people could cross the great waters to the promised land. Following the Lord's directions, the Jaredites constructed eight barges. They were built with peaked ends and were small and light so that they would ride easily upon the water. Each barge was tight like a dish, both top and bottom, so that when the door was closed, no water could seep in. When the barges were completed, the brother of Jared was perplexed. There were two major problems which he did not know how to solve. O oh Lord, he prayed, in them there is no light, and also we shall perish, for in them we cannot breathe, save it is the air which is already in them. 
the Lord told him how to solve the air problem. Behold, thou shalt make a hole in the top, and also in the bottom. And when thou shalt suffer for air, thou shalt unstop the hole, and receive air. And if it so be, that the water come in upon thee, behold, ye shall stop the hole, that ye may not perish in the flood. The brother of Jared did as the Lord commanded, and the holes provided the necessary air. But still there was no light. He prayed again, Wilt thou suffer that we shall cross this great water in darkness? The Lord wanted the brother of Jared to learn to solve his own problems, and asked him, What will ye that I should do, so that ye may have light in your vessels? For behold, ye cannot have windows, for they would be dashed in pieces. Neither shall ye take fire with you, for behold, ye shall be as a whale in the midst of the sea, and the mountain waves shall dash upon you. After much thought, the brother of Jared went up onto a mountain and did molten out of a rock sixteen small stones, and they were white and clear, even as transparent glass. Then he humbly approached the Lord, hoping his solution to the problem would be acceptable. I know, O Lord, he prayed, Thou hast all power, and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of man. Therefore touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger, and prepare them that they may shine forth in darkness. And they shall shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared, that we may have light while we shall cross the sea. Because of the faith and humility of the brother of Jared, the Lord stretched forth his hand and touched the stones one by one with his finger. The veil was taken from the eyes of the brother of Jared, and he saw the finger of the Lord. Struck with fear, the brother of Jared fell to the earth. When the Lord saw that the brother of Jared had fallen to the earth, he commanded, Arise, why hast thou fallen? The brother of Jared answered, I saw the finger of the Lord, and I feared, lest he should smite me. And the Lord said, Because of thy faith, thou hast seen that I shall take upon me flesh and blood. Never has man come before me with such great faith as thou hast. Then he continued, Behold, I am Jesus Christ. Seest thou that ye are created after mine own image? Yea, even all men were created in the beginning after mine own image. Behold, this body which ye now behold is the body of my spirit, and even as I appear unto thee to be in the spirit, will I appear unto my people in the flesh. Because of his faith and prayers, the brother of Jared saw the spirit body of Jesus Christ 
several hundred years before Jesus was born. When he was alone once more, the brother of Jared gathered up the sixteen stones and carried them down the mountain to the barges. He placed one stone in each end of the eight barges, and they glowed in the darkness, giving the Jaredites the light they needed to cross the ocean. With the barges ready, the people prepared food for themselves and their animals and climbed aboard. They put their trust in the Lord, knowing that if they lived righteously, he would protect them and continue to lead them on their journey. And it came to pass that the Lord God caused a furious wind to blow toward the promised land. Sometimes the barges were buried in the depths of the sea by mountainous waves. When this happened, the Jaredites would pray and the barges would come back to the surface. They sang songs of praise unto the Lord and thanked him in prayer day and night for blessing them. After 344 days upon the water, almost one year, the Jaredites reached the shore of the promised land. As they stepped upon dry ground, they humbly bowed themselves in prayer before the Lord and shed tears of joy because of his tender mercies over them. The brother of Jared and his people were blessed because they learned the power and importance of faith and prayer and because they loved the Lord and kept his commandments. Joseph's First Vision The air tingled with religious excitement. Preachers of different churches each claimed to have the true religion. Some preached one doctrine and some another. This caused confusion and bad feelings among the people. Everyone living near Manchester, New York in the year 1820 seemed affected by it. Joseph Smith, a 14-year-old boy, had recently moved into that area with his family. He was confused about the different religious denominations and could not decide which church to join. With all the commotion and clamor, he found it extremely difficult to come to any conclusion as to who was right and who was wrong. Joseph was a boy with deep feelings, and he wanted to find the true church. One day, while he was reading the Bible, he came to a verse in the epistle of James which stated, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. 
Never did any passage of Scripture come with more power to the heart of man than this did to Joseph. He reflected on it again and again, feeling that if any person needed wisdom from God, he did. After much pondering, Joseph came to the conclusion that either he must remain in darkness and confusion, or he must do as James directed, ask God. If the scripture he had read was true, and if God really would give wisdom to those who lacked it, he felt he should pray to his Father in heaven. On a beautiful spring morning, Joseph walked to a secluded spot in the woods near his home. Looking around to make certain he was alone, he knelt down and began to pray. Almost immediately, he was seized by some power which bound his tongue so that he could not speak. Thick darkness gathered around him and he thought he was doomed to sudden destruction. Exerting all his strength, Joseph called upon God to deliver him from the power of the enemy which had seized him. It was not an imaginary enemy. It was the power of some actual being from the unseen world. Just when Joseph felt he was about to be overcome and destroyed, he saw a pillar of light over his head. The light was brighter than the brightness of the sun, and as it descended and fell upon him, Joseph was delivered from the enemy of darkness, which had held him bound. In the light, Joseph saw two glorious personages standing above him in the air. One of them, Heavenly Father, spoke and called Joseph by name. He said, pointing to the other personage, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Joseph struggled to get possession of himself. He was filled with reverent awe to be in the presence of God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. When he was finally able to speak, he asked which of all the churches was right and which he should join. The answer was, that he must join none of them, for they were all wrong. Jesus explained, They draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They teach for doctrines the commandments of men, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Again forbidding Joseph to join any of them, 
Jesus proceeded to tell him many other things. When Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ left, Joseph found himself lying on his back, looking up into heaven. The vision had drained him of his strength, but he soon recovered enough to return home. When Joseph related his sacred experience to his family, they believed him. But nearly everyone else refused to believe that the Lord had once again spoken to man on earth. They began to cruelly torment Joseph. Heavenly Father chose Joseph Smith for an important mission here upon the earth. After the visit of God the Father and Jesus Christ, Joseph had other heavenly visitors who also helped direct him in his work. Through the power of God, Joseph Smith translated the Nephite records from the gold plates and published them as the Book of Mormon. He was given the necessary keys and power of the priesthood to restore the gospel and to organize the Church of Jesus Christ in the latter days. He testified to the world that Jesus Christ lives and is the Savior of mankind. In spite of all he suffered, Joseph's testimony never changed. I have seen a vision, he said. I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not it, neither dared I do it. In the end, Joseph gave his life as a martyr for the gospel of Jesus Christ.